Hey folks, before we get into the show today, we wanted to bring you a message from Kid Power DC. January is National Mentoring Month, and the DC community is looking for volunteers to mentor high school students. Mentoring is a fun and rewarding experience where you connect with a young person from DC public or charter schools and talk with them, learn from them, or just cheer on DC sports teams together. Mentors Inc. at Kid Power is currently looking for new applicants. So if you're interested or you just want to learn more, please reach out to them by emailing volunteer at kidpowerdc.org. That's volunteer at kidpowerdc.org. And check the show notes if you're a visual person like me and need to see it. Thanks again. And now on to the show. You are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. We are gearing up for February 25th, which will conceivably be in, I don't know, the 300th vote for the uh, Speaker of the House sometime sometime around then, based on how things are going today. That's some, that's some D.C.-related DC related humor. I'm dropping here. DC politics specific humor. Um, but with us on the show is uh, Sean Howe, uh, director of scouting or chief scout. I don't know. I, I, you're on football manager now, which I don't know if you were aware of that. So, I, so you are listed as as my as a chief scout on football manager. So that's how that's how they have you listed there. I don't know if you consider director of scouting or not. So we got to get it fixed. <laughs> we got to we got to call somebody. Yeah, how do we how do we start a petition? <laughs> exactly, send them a business card or something. Exactly. But how how are you doing? Uh, thanks so much for joining the show. Um, how uh, yeah how 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 have things been going this year? Gearing up for the for the new season. No, thanks for having me again. It's um, it's always enjoyable to to chat with you guys. Um, yeah, it's been uh, a whirlwind as it usually is. Um, what's been nice actually about about this winter is we've done a lot of business early. Um, which I think uh, I think the fans are, are pretty pleased about. I've seen you know a lot of responses on social media, which um, which have been pretty positive. So yeah, I think it's uh, it gave me some time to you know take a week where I could really enjoy my family over the Christmas period. Um, you know, spend some time with the nieces and nephews, um, playing Lego and 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 you know building jigsaws and, and doing all kinds of stuff that I don't usually get to do. So. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a whirlwind. It's been a busy off season, but but I managed to get some time where I could uh, to get back to England and, and enjoy some time with the family, which is nice. Hanging out on the ground, not in a Delta lounge for for a little bit of time until things kick off. But uh, lots of player movement in the off season, which I think everyone expected based on where the team sort of found itself and every everything about the club. Um, let's walk through the move so far because um, I think I, fans want to hear what they should expect beyond sort of maybe the, like the, the back of the soccer card, basically figuring out what, it, what, what sparked your attention, why this player is now a DC United player. So I think the best place to start is a player that's new entirely to the league in uh Mohanad Jadzi, Jadzi sort of just what, where, how did he come to your attention? And is this guy, has this guy been in the, in the, in the frame for a while and how did the deal get across the door, the final line? Yeah. So ever since, uh, ever since Brad, obviously, had his unfortunate injury, we we felt we were a little light in that in that position. So it's a position we heavily heavily looked at, and we we looked at it from a youth fund standpoint all the way through to a 
to a, a senior roster player um, within the league, outside the league, international, that sort of stuff. So he was—he's always been a candidate. He's been a candidate for for quite a while. Um, yeah, went to see him live. Um, Stuart was was a part of that process in, in seeing the player live, um, getting to meet the player and, and coach the coach's uh, assistant coach in, in seeing him uh, in person. Um, yeah, he's just a fantastic athlete in terms of powerful, gets up and down the pitch, um, can join both in the attack and defend. Um, you know, in our eyes, he's a he's a a very, very humble guy um, who's looking to make the next step. And I think, you know, if he really does make that jump and, and if, he, if he develops and, and moves into where we think he can, I think he'll be one of the top top fullbacks within the league. I really do. Um, he's got bags and bags of potential and, and, he, and he provides in the, uh, in the attack in third. The big uh, headline on him was he will be the highest earning uh, fullback, I believe, in MLS, they were saying. Is that more? That's a function of sort of un, the underpaid nature of fullbacks in MLS, right? Or is he just happened to be coming off a good contract where he's at? Listen, there was a lot of eyes on this kid. Um, there's a lot of people that wanted him. Discovery list being being discovery list, we <laughs> uh, we we got in there early, um, and it's again, it's it's a credit to the club and and everybody a part of the process that that managed to to get him on the discovery list and, and scout him and, and finally get it over the line. But yeah, I mean, look, I think you see it in Philly with, with Kai Wagner, mm-hmm. you know, these players, these, these players from, from you, you, you got to pay him. You got to pay him to come and play and, and be a big part of your team. And I think what you saw last year with the way that we play, um, fullbacks are a big part in, in what we want to do and how we want to build out and, and, and the, the involvement they have within the game. So, it was pivotal to us that we got two fullbacks in this window that maybe uh, complement other players that we already have, um, bring depth and, and allow us to play in some different ways, but but also play in the way that that uh, that Wayne wants to to build the team. Let's talk about one of those uh, one of those other fullbacks that you guys have brought in, our fullback slash winger slash converted fullback, which is not an uncommon thing in in soccer, and that's in uh, Pedro Santos. Uh, he is certainly. Um, getting there up there in age. I, I kind of have a, had a reaction cause I, it feels like he signed for the league yesterday, but he is uh 34. What that's young Ted. <laughs> that's he's like a child basically. Hey, I'm, I'm 31. Trust me. I'm, 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 I'm feeling it a little bit, but, uh, but I mean, yeah, so he is what he was a free agent signing, which I found, I found pretty cool from a DC perspective because i I don't think we've been as involved in the sort of free agent market as we have been this year. Um, so what was, it was the thought process by him depth. Is it versatility? Um, I guess what, it, what could it got into sort of bringing in um, a, a well-respected player for the crew for many years? Yeah. Let me take a couple of steps back and talk about how the rebuild has started from the summer, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our rebuild of the team started from the summer. Now, did we want to completely change the roster in the summer? Yes. Can you do that in the MLS? No. So you have to take it step by step. Um, and and we, we did that in bringing in Paulson, Benteke, Funtas, right? Um, and again, trying, trying to start that rebuild. Now, we've got to a point where we're looking at the team after the season. We're saying, what, what do we need in this team? What's, what's missing in the locker room? What's missing 
across the board for this team not to be successful um, or even competing, to be honest with you, because I think, you know, the, the drop off and, and what we had in terms of, of the quality of manager and in terms of some of the quality in the team was better than it showed. So to now go back to, to Pedro Santos, he's an experienced player within the league. He's been there, he's done it, he's won a championship. He plays in multiple positions, which you touched on in his versatility. Can play as a left back, can play as an eight, can play as a winger, can play as a ten. Um, that is invaluable within this within this league. Um, and certainly in terms of character and personality, what he's going to bring to our team, which was a very we were at a very low point at the end of last season um, in terms of morale. Now you bring in some fresh blood that has been there, can lift the group. Um, and you're starting to see the the other guys uh, in the group that are MLS experienced players. Also, you're seeing that experience come in. They link themselves together, and now you're starting to see a group that can really can really uh, get together and, and build something special. So, yeah, to touch on all your points, it's it's a yes on on all of it. His quality, his character, his versatility, um, and he's extremely excited to to come and join us. Um, you know, when we made contact, he was he was extremely excited about the project. So, he he's going to be a big a big uh, a big piece of this team in terms of depth and in terms of quality on the pitch. We could we could move here to a very obvious section. There was a large turnover in the goalkeeper department. I think we even talked about that maybe last time. We all knew Bill Habib was going. Uh, there was obviously some questions about if we could retain. Uh, the other starting goalkeeper that we that we acquired in the middle of the year, and that did not pan out. But um, this is more free agent signings. This is more of us being active and and trying to find an option. Alex Bono, Tyler Miller. We've got now, I believe, four keepers on the roster. We won't get into like how that's going to work out. But uh, is it was it just a question of you know Wayne saying, "Give me some options here. Give me give me some some starting viable starting options, and then we'll see how it goes." Is that because they're both players that Tyler more recently, but both players who have started long stints in MLS already. Yeah, again, I think it comes back to experience and, and wanting experience within the team. We've got we've signed two very experienced goalkeepers that are looking for a fresh start. Um, but to, to to touch on your point of, of the conversations and, and how we went about it was, yeah, we knew we had an overhaul. We had Samudio, who we, we really truly believe in in terms of a young prospect um we we all know that goalkeepers don't peak really until their late 20s um this kid's still 24 so you know on the pitch is that can you consider him a senior player probably but in terms of goalkeepers no no we're not um but he is very talented and, and look out for him this year because i think he'll he'll really push these guys to uh to the limit so i think that's healthy um but but to your point and going back to to the conversation with wayne was you know, sometimes with the cap, you have to talk about, you know, what you give up and, and how you give up and where you can place money in certain parts of the field. Now, our strategy with this one was we're getting two quality goalkeepers within the league that are domestic, that have been there and done it, that are going to push each other day in, day out, that want to be starters in, in this team and wanted a fresh start. That, to me, is a no-brainer um, and allowed us to do things elsewhere on the pitch that, that I think you're seeing. So... It was a no-brainer for us, you know. We went through down other avenues of of goalkeepers because Wayne is so insistent on his goalkeeper being able to play and find different lines with with his feet. So, um, 
yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a good problem to have in, in having those those goalkeepers at, at our disposal um, and just the competition, which I, I doesn't you know we didn't have last year. It's in every position. Right, we'd be remiss not to ask about David Ochoa in some way. I think there was the move was somewhat speculative. Obviously, the way it was structured, right? We were able to get the player from Real Salt Lake, a player who was not playing for that club, a whole bunch of. Uh, clauses built into the contract based on where he goes if he's sold. All like obviously, like it was a fraught situation. Did you feel like the club had a good opportunity to keep him? Or was it was it did it just come down to different expectations about salary and playing time, or you know was it a matter of I've seen what I needed to see, and he's a great player, but we're we're you know we're also going to look elsewhere. It was from a from a fan perspective. I think it was for people who are not paying super close attention. I think it might have been a little confusing. No, I think uh, I think multiple things. Right, it's it's having different ideas of, of how to move forward, um, both club, player, um, coach, um, and then I also think that it's 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 a long term, it's a short term and long term thought process. And and again, I come back to well, if we do this piece, then we may not be able to do this piece later on. So David Ochoa was in the youth fund, could be youth fund, could not be youth fund, and so. You know, we had a decision to make, and and it was a very, very difficult one as a club um, and as a player, I'm sure as well. And you know, it took us a long time to come to this decision um, mutually, but we we agreed that you know we we part ways at, at the uh, before the, the beginning of the season, and and we'd uh, yeah we'd look for other options as a club. So um, listen, the, the kid's a great goalkeeper. Uh, I think he's got a bright future. But I think from where we're at right now as a club, um, I think the, the win now um, it, it is paramount. We'll see him in the League's Cup, right? <laughs> more, more than likely. More than likely. Uh, so ne- ne- next player, I guess, down the list, and, and this one was acquired, uh, obviously, be, via the Super Draft trade, and that was Ruan. I, I guess uh, I'm, I'm curious, you know, obviously, you know, Ruan's a, been a starter for, for Orlando, um, from what we what we understand, you know, the fans at Orlando were really sad to see him go. So I think, you know, we're getting another uh, great character guy in the field. But I mean, what was that something that, you know, did you did did the front office staff, did you and, and Dave and everybody just kind of go in saying, you know, yet yeah, we're going to look to move this number two pick or, you know, were you was this did this kind of develop very quickly or were you just kind of showing up on draft day and hearing offers or I guess how how did the, how did that whole trade come together? Yeah, I think it's um, again, it's been a process. We, we built a depth chart and, and we have a, for, a forever evolving depth chart. Um, one of the positions we look to get depth and, and strengthen has been the right back position. Um, and, and just again, just. In different, being able to play in different ways in different situations. Um, so yeah, we were talking about options within the league in that position. Um, we had we had the number two pick. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look <laughs> at it, um, you know. And and we had many many clubs offering us a, a lot. To be honest, a, a lot for that position. There was a lot of attacking pieces that players want uh, that clubs wanted. Sorry. Um, and there was uh, some good defenders in there as well. Um, I think this the, the quality of this draft was, was better than last year's, in, in my personal opinion. Um, but when we look at it, when we look at the best players, when we look at international slots, when we look at you know the overall picture, um, 
we decided that we wanted experience in the attack and you know we've got Christian Fletcher who is a young guy mm-hmm. in the attack we've got Ku Di Pietro we've got Jackson Hopkins who are three guys that we believe can contribute to our attack better than perhaps some of these college kids and and are perhaps more ready now um so we, we went in, in more of a direction of let's get guys who are ready now, win now, um, rather than a, a, perhaps a draft pick that, that may take a year or two. Um, so when Orlando offered, uh, offered Ruan, and, and again, it, we, we pursued him and, and sort of asked, inquired about him previously, um, as well as others, um, when they offered him up for the, for the number two spot, it was a... You know, it was a, a no-brainer for us. He, he brings pace, he brings power, he brings real desire. So, and again, he allows us to play in different ways. Um, I think him and, and Andy Nahar complement each other really well in, in the real soccer player who can and do magic with his feet and, and the guy who is just pure athleticism and can be, can be a, a real driving force for your team. So, yeah, real no-brainer for us. Considering one of the po- sorry, and considering considering the amount of money and allocation money that generally has become standard, I think it was it was pretty smart to you, you didn't have to lose anything in that regard because that that can be pretty powerful stuff uh, when it comes to buying down contracts and, and leaving cap room. So um, I tip your hat. I, I don't think I, th- I don't think I've seen a trade for a player for a draft pick in in a, quite a while. Usually, there's some some sort of allocation money that gets floated around. So. But that was a- yeah. We were we were pleased with that one. We were pleased. Yeah, I bet I bet Philly was not one of the clubs calling to trade up. That's uh, that would that would be probably unlikely. I wanted to pull something out. You said that I think it's important, um, and this is something that comes back to our conversation previously. Is that we were talking about what is the club philosophy around player acquisition and how we want to build? And you sort of you you identified a you know some attributes that you're looking for as far as athleticism, but. I think it's important to draw out the fact that you highlighted these young players that were developed here or, or academy players or coming through the pipeline. And the idea is to supplement those players on the outside with the with older players, with your Santos, with your Ruan, with your players that have the professional experience that give you the leadership in the room that have been there before that are not going to be intimidated by things. And then you say, we can we get, we're going to develop this way. This is why the draft is not the way we're going to want to go. This is why potentially all of our signings have not been 18, 19, 20 year olds. I think it's important because I think there is a perception among the fans, certainly not propagated by any podcast hosts at any time, even on potentially bad days, that the the win now mentality is about the coaching situation for this year. And it's like, let's get all these veterans because we're going to worry about 2024 and 2024. And 2023 is the matter of the day. But I think I just wanted to, you know, see if I was I was pulling that out right. If it really is about how there is a conscious effort to say we've got all these young attacking players. Why bury them with somebody that we're going to buy that doesn't maybe have, you know, is not going to plug right in? Yeah, I think, you know, the the common conception or, or perception, sorry, is that, you know, there's not a lot of thought that goes into some of this, but. But let me tell you, there is a lot of thought that goes into this, and and we we meet in the in the war room, we call it a lot, and and we talk about well, do we want to go down the route of of buying these young uh, young prospects um, for for millions of dollars that, that some other clubs are doing? And and listen, I was a part of that in Atlanta where we were buying the best young talents. That's one way of doing it. 
The other way of doing it is bringing players through your academy. Now, in conversations with ownership and, and with Dave and, and, and everybody involved, we have some real young talent here. We're forgetting that Matai, the left centre-back, who is going to be a fantastic player if he continues to develop the way he's developing. Um, so bringing in a Derek Williams with experience from England and and to bring in a, a leader like that is only going to help Matai. So to go back, did we think about bringing in young players and, and maximising our roster through the youth fund um, capabilities? Absolutely, we did. Because we thought to ourselves, okay, are other four kids we have good enough? Yes, we believe they are. Okay then, so now let's start to look at other things and, and other ways to build this squad. Um, and I think that's the, what the conclusion we came to is this is the best way to build our squad right now for the next three, four years. Um, and that's where we're at. That's the conclusion we came to. So, of course, it's exciting to, to bring in a young you know, perhaps South American flyer who who has hype, um, you know, and and has real real drive to, and is going to be a top top player. I, you know, I love that as much as the next fan. Um, but you know, sometimes you got to think about bigger picture. And, and we're building a team that is built around a style of play. Number one, around uh, around Wayne, but also a team that is sustainable beyond that. Should anything happen um you know D Wayne will move on from DC United eventually and we need to be prepared as a as a squad and as a club to to then move into a different direction because there's going to be a new coach with a different philosophy so having players that can play in, in different roles and 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 having a team that is MLS um based is is important to us and and that's that's been part of the thought process we're all uh, Frank Lampard fans now. I think DC United <laughs> fans are big, big boosters. Everton supporters got to get up the table, big up the toffees. Um, this okay. Navigate around this how you want. The, the the thing that people always say whenever you talk to whenever every manager press conference about a player, they'll say that player's not on my roster. I I don't want to comment on that on that player. Mateus Klitsch is not on anybody's roster right now. So I feel like he's like a player that is, exists in the ether that you could have conceptual thoughts about. So this player who is not attached to Leeds at the moment, who is potentially rumored to come to DC United. Uh, what I want to know, and I think what Ted wants to know too, like how would this player theoretically, it seems like he is, has a skill set that is somewhat unique to the rest of the players in the midfield. As far as, you know, he's he's called an 8 and a 10 combo player. He's a link player. He's not a, necessarily a goal scorer. He's not necessarily a playmaker. He's not a defensive midfielder. He does every little bit of everything. And I think DC United fans have been watching him in his substitute appearances after the rumors came about and saw that. So, theoretically, if this player were to come to DC United, what would what would his what would that style bring to the midfield and, and sort of change the complexity of the team? I don't know who Mateus Click is, to be honest. <laughs> Um, listen, he's an international footballer. He's got a pedigree that that comes from playing in a Bielsa team in the championship, which is which is grueling. Um, and and you know our coaching staff will tell you that firsthand. <laughs> um, but then also to be in a Bielsa team that that plays at a hundred miles an hour, um, and to be a focal point of that team as well. It is, it, it 
that's credit to the player and what he is and what he can bring. Um, he's the type of player that can find pockets, can dictate the game, can play in a multitude of, of different positions again. Um, but his aura is, in terms of a personality is huge. Um, we're talking about a, a guy who's a real professional um, and we're talking about a guy who, okay, he may not have the lightning pace and he may not have the, the real athleticism, but this is an intelligent footballer who's going to find, you know, wherever he goes, he's going to find the ball in the pockets. He can contribute to goal scoring. He can get assists and he's done it at every level. Uh, and the clickhousery, which apparently is a thing that, that uh, people talk about. <laughs> We need a little bit. We need a little bit of that. There's not a lot of that on this roster. I honestly, there is. There's a place for that. No, that you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You look at the successful teams around the MLS. There's some. Um, there's some housery uh, <laughs> within those teams, and, and you know. So uh, yeah, I think we need a little bit more of that. I think uh, I think we've got some players in that. I think uh, Russ uh, Russell Canals has got that in him. I think yep. Durkin's got it in him. I think Paulson's got it in him. I think Birnbaum's got it in him. But I think the players we've brought in are going to help elevate that in in these guys. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, he's a he's a top top player, and um, we'll, we'll we'll see how uh, how things progress. Well, 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 diplomatic answer. <laughs> I like it. Perfect. Listen, I, 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 the good news is you'll have some news within you know forty eight to, to seventy two hours I'm sure. There you go. This is gonna beat the this is gonna beat the release of the I, <laughs> this podcast. We 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 do we do good on that. I we we always get behind the news. I, I hope I I know last season we had a, a certain German uh that was rumored to be coming here that that ended up not. So I think we're all maybe a little bit uh we'll just wait wait till he holds up wait till he uh holds up jersey in hand the jersey. Yeah it's jersey in hand it's also when the wheels touch down in <laughs> exactly but even then, sometimes, uh, Sean, <laughs> Sean, I don't know. We, we've had some history. We've had some history with that as well. If, if you, if, if you know, DC history and major signings, uh, player literally at the airport saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm heading back. I'm not going to come. So <laughs> I, I want to see that, see that Jersey in hand. Um, I, I, so I, 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 I want to, this is my question. This is coming from me. I, I know you're a person who, who, you know, uses a lot of data, uh, expected goals, a lot of the data analytics. I am trying to, immerse myself somewhat in, in, into that regard. And, you know, we've started on the show, we've started looking at F brief and trying to sort of quantify these data points. One question I have is, you know, this is a fun question to me. Have you ever had somebody, you know, say something either about soccer links? I get it all the time on message boards. When I talk about expected goals and uh, certain fans are like, Oh, I, I like real goals. I don't like expected goals. Has there been some, has someone ever said anything about sort of data analytics that made you roll your eyes or was just so incorrect. You were just like, you, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm sure the answer to this is has to be yes. <laughs> Listen, I, I like to drink a pint and, and we, we all know that, you know, at, at the bar, anything goes in terms of uh, what people say. So yeah, I mean, I've heard it all. I've heard it all. Yeah. You know, in terms of data is uh, you know, a load of toilet and, and, you know, data should be used 100%. I think the answer to that is is it's a 50-50 thing, right? It's uh, it needs to be used in in conjunction with you know with watching and and everything. So data has its place. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about it. And and data has been used heavily within within our recruitment process. Um, we we have a data analyst um, 
in Blake that has been fantastic in his reports and and identifying some some interest in players. Um, and we'll continue to do that. Um, I think it's important that we we continue to stay on top of of the data because a lot of clubs are going that way and they're they're building they're building <laughs> data um, you know almost squads within their team to to really get ahead of the game and I think it's a it's a real it's a real competition now in terms of getting to the player first yeah they are they are probably rating MIT and all those <laughs> it's like it's the money ball era of MLS world it's soccer really, in general I would say too like yeah it's a good I, I would say that that MLS is really still in its infancy in terms of scouting. It really is. Um, when I look across the MLS and, and what teams have in terms of their their um, their scouting, it's it's not huge. Um, some teams invest more. Some teams don't invest at all. Um, so it, it's a really interesting thing, and I think it'll only get bigger the more that people start to see the successful teams and what they're investing. If you're a young soccer fan, though, right now, Data science. If you're going to college, like I don't know what I want to do. It feels like there's there's more jobs opening now in 2023 and in the future than there certainly were before. If I could go back, right? I bet. (laughs) Well, masters in data science, sports data science. Um, We talked about the positives and negatives of making a lot more of the budget and the machinations of rosters transparent to fans. Last time we talked about how sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, and maybe it wouldn't be as you know as illuminating as some people might think so looking at the club now and understanding that it's all sort of in flux still there clearly has to be some buy downs of dps based on the number of players that we got coming in that would sort of fit in that slot is there room still for the club to operate on a salary cap or international spot perspective are we are you getting close to the start of training camp are we looking at the club basically at least until the summer is this is this pretty much close to the 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 finished article no, we have some room. We we have some uh, we have some capabilities. We have some room within within our budget, within our cap. Um, we can get a little bit more creative. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't say that we're done. I would say that um, what we're really pleased about is the squad balance right now, um, and the players in the peaks of their career and the leadership um, qualities they have, the depth and the competition within that. And not only that, is heading into preseason with a full team and not having these rumours and such going into preseason. Um, you know, the the team heads heads to uh, training camp. You know, pretty pretty soon, and we're going to have just about every player. In fact, every player will go. Even you know, Brendan's still a little bit um, in, in his rehab, but he will go, um, and and he'll be ready to ready to go. Hopefully early in the season. So we're going into a training camp with a full squad and a squad that we're, we're pretty happy with. Um, you know, touch wood, we don't have any, any uh, mishaps until then. But yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty happy with, with going into it. But having said that, there's a little bit of room to perhaps bring in a uh, little bit of fresh blood that can, you know, during the season, give you a little bit of a lift. And I think it's important that, that, that fans also know that you don't, completely blow all your money in, in the winter window because God forbid something like uh, Brad Smith happens again and, and we now are having to go out and get a replacement for somebody in the team um, for the depth. So it's, it's important you, you leave yourself a little bit of room to, to operate if need be. I think 
so it's a, you're obviously you're in a bit of a unique spot to talk about this particular question, and it's probably not something you get into in general. But trying to understand the nature of the changes in the front office, uh, you know, and if it was discussed openly, do you have a good idea of what sort of the hiring committee and the interview committee on the GM side is looking to get out of an out of the new person that maybe is a as a new skill set or a new you know, perspective uh, that they didn't have before? I think it's going to be an ongoing process. I think um, I think there's still some questions to be answered in that um, from, a, from a club perspective in, in the direction and, and the way that the club wants to go. So, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs. I'd be lying if I told you I did. Um, so, you know, I think it is more of a question for, for the hierarchy um, within the club. Uh, but... You know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I think right now we're operating on a good level. Um, I think, you know, between the guys that that are in the front office, we're we're operating in a way that that we've been able to be successful in getting the players that we wanted and and target and and communicate really well um, along with the coaching staff. So, um, yeah, I, you know, pretty happy with the way things are going right now, and and I think, yeah, whoever. Or, or whatever the club decide to do, um, you know, I'll back it and and you know be uh, be ready to work with with whomever comes in or, or doesn't. Um, if we were to stay as we are, or or you know hire internally or, or not hire at all. So yeah, I think I think we're in a good position. Um, and actually, I just heard today that Will Will Kuntz has uh, has has left that AFC. Is that? I've not seen that. Not seen that. Yeah, so just on on that note, in terms of. Look, I'm not, right. <laughs> not coming to DC, but um, just some interesting. But if he does, this will be two pieces of news that broke before, uh, <laughs> and the podcast did not come out in time to to be useful. Oh well. Hey guys, sorry to drop this in. I'll make this really, really brief, but just wanted to say that, well, you could have listened to this show without this annoying interruption, and you could have gotten access to this interview early. How, you may ask? Patreon.com slash Refugees. Go and donate to the show, and you get access to a private RSS podcast feed. We post all of our content there first, and then we post it to the regular feeds. Sometimes it's the next day. Sometimes it's a little later, like this interview. So check it out, patreon.com slash Refugees. That's patreon.com slash Refugees. Now back to the show. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'm gonna get to listen to question. I think this is actually a, a, a pretty good, a pretty good question, um, considering the the newness of this of this MLS initiative. Uh, DCR Junior um, wants to know, you know, what, how do, does DC plan on utilizing the uh, the new U22 initiatives? Obviously, last season uh, we brought in Chris Durkin, who you know, at, uh, as a Richmonder, as someone who watched him in Richmond, that was pretty cool to see. I even saw him around a Richmond Kickers game. I think he came out to one of the later regular season games. Uh, how does, I guess, how does DC see that, you know, see that role? Is it something that, you know, do you start building a list of players that would fit that you think would fit that? Or is it kind of like you start gauging interest and then you're like, Hey, this guy fits a U22 slot. Let's go use him." I guess. How, how does that, how does this new rule maybe changing the, the scouting that's been happening? Um, I don't think it's changed at all, to be honest with you. Um, I think, Every club is always looking for the next best young player. Um, I think the U22 initiative is really great for the league in terms of being able to build rosters, um, build depth, um, and, and also revenue. Um, the, the, when you look at 
the charts and, and the teams that were successful last year, a lot of them had high percentages of usage of their U22 um, initiative players. So it is something that, obviously, again, we looked at as a club and said, what route do we want to go down short term? Um, but in terms of the scouting, it hasn't changed at all. We, we still want to know who the best young players are. We still want to see them live. I'll be in Colombia um, in the next couple of weeks at the U20 uh, Sudamericana um, to be looking at these young players, finding out who they are. I go to every, um, you know, Copa Libertadores under 20 and, and youth tournaments such as, such as those. So for right now, again, we have our young players that are coming through that we believe deserve a chance. Um, and, and I don't think it, it does the players um, justice. I don't think it does our academy and our system justice to, to go and buy above them um, and knock them down you know, once, where one more spot in the, in the depth chart. Um, we believe in their quality. So we're going to, we're going to move forward this year with that. Um, but that doesn't stop our scouting because at any point we may change our, our method of madness and, uh, and go a different route and, and, you know, make some heavy changes. I think again, you're seeing that in Atlanta mm-hmm. They're they're offloading just about everybody to, to switch direction. Right. And I, you'll, I think you'll start to see that in, in other clubs also. Um, so, yeah, again, nothing changes in terms of scouting. I've got a huge uh, database in terms of players, young players, and, and we're, we're constantly running data on, on South America, on Europe. And again, I think I talked about this in the last podcast with you, John, is Europe is becoming more open at a younger age for us. Um, so... It makes my my life a lot harder because I, <laughs> I got to travel, you know, in two different directions. But but it's it's great for the league and it's it's um, it's great just in terms of moving forward. A thing I just sort of thought about from the U twenty two perspective, and you you sort of alluded to this. Atlanta went big on that. Well, you while you were there, and probably after you were there, signing players for seven, eight, ten million dollars out of South America who has not who had not had a lot of senior team experience it seems like and and they they entice you with this initiative by saying you can spend any amount of money on the transfer fee it doesn't count against the cap Just spend as much as you want go crazy but the risk is you have so much less tape on the player to be able to say how this player is going to fit in and if you're a team like DC United you can't necessarily write that cost off of a, of a failed transfer of a player you're not able to recoup fees on Atlanta can do it a lot of other clubs Seattle can do it other teams can do it so it it's tricky, right? Because because the advantage is spend as much as you want, but the disadvantage is spend as much as you want. <laughs> if you're if you're signing a U twenty two player for for not a lot of money, then you're you're double risking basically. You're it's a it's a it's a trickier situation. I think I think the teams that have done it well, New York City. Uh, I think when you look at you look at what they've done in terms of the youth fund, I think they've done done it really well. I, I think again, um, when you look at at win percentage and and how you know teams are, are able to be successful last year. A lot of their minutes came from their U twenty two initiative, and it, and it brings depth. And they didn't set, spend a considerable amount of money. I think what they have obviously, uh, and they're fortunate for this, is they're within the city group. <laughs> no, it's helpful. That's not that's not a bad thing. That does help, obviously, because the resources are, are just about unlimited. But 
you know, I, I think they've they've done it well. They haven't spent a huge amount of money, um, but they've they've got the most out of the the players that they brought in, and you know they were able to to win a championship and, and get close again. So um, I think, yeah, again, there's there's many ways to skin a cat, but I agree with you in terms of it's um, it's a little bit of a catch twenty two. You can spend as much as you like, but be careful. <laughs> When you look at situations like City Football Group, just like personally, right? Like as a as a, your career, you kind of did it at Atlanta, but now you're 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 a higher level now, maybe than you were there. Does that sort of environment appeal to you, the unlimited resource one? Because I feel like, in some sense, it's awesome, right? Obviously, it's but in another in another sense too. Like I feel like your margin for error is very low. I feel like the competition for the spot is very high, and like you just can't miss. Because they're like, well, you had infinite scouting. You sent, we sent thirty guys down there. Yeah. We used all the data. Like, what? Just personally, and not not asking like you leave BC United. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, is that when you think of that opportunity in your mind, you're like, I want to do that, or do you say, this is, I like what I got. This is like, this is like a, not necessarily underdoggy, but you're a, a team of one or two. Like, it is, it is sort of a you're you're a one man shop. I've always loved the story of the underdog, and uh, I think you know when you look at. The, my favorite movies are all underdog stories, right? Um, I love the thought of, I don't love the thought of limited resources, <laughs> right. but, but I love the thought of being successful with not, not having uh, an abundance of riches. Um, I like the challenge, 100% like the challenge. Now, does that creep into my day-to-day stress and, and, and sleep and, and all that? Yeah, 100% it does. But I think, I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment, um, and I really do enjoy the challenge of, of finding the right piece of, you know, raking through every draw and, and, and going to every game to try and find, you know, a piece that fits. So, look, it'd be wonderful to, to be in a position like Chelsea where they're now bidding a hundred and some million for Enzo Fernandez. Um, I actually saw him in the Libertadores a few years ago, and, we just missed him. We yeah, just missed him. I was, Atlanta, I was in Atlanta at the time, and and we all looked at each other and just said, "This kid's going going places." Um, he went to Benfica for like ten mil, right? Or it yeah. was yeah, yeah, not a lot. It would be one of the biggest uh, flips in in world football. Um, but but yeah, it, I, I I love the. This is why I love going to these these tournaments, right? Because you go down, and you try and find a diamond in the rough. Um, I, you know, I, I really like the challenge. To, to, to really sum up the question, I really like the challenge. Um, I, I got a lot of experience in, from Atlanta, which I'm very thankful for. Um, I worked along some great people with some really great ideas um, and taught me a lot. Um, and I think that's really helped me in this role in terms of, of what I've been able to bring to DC. Um, but when I spoke with Dave and, and, and the ownership group and, and everybody else at the club, the challenge was what drew me towards, towards DC United. And I think... Um, it's been a tough, tough start for me, um, but I've learned a lot, and, and I'm I'm hoping to uh, to improve both personally and and as a as a club. Let's uh one I guess one one recent development, and again I know we're we're, we're dipping back into the into the rumor bin, not yet confirmed bin, um, has been the potential uh, sale of Loudon United. Um, obviously, MLS wants MLS Next Pro. Have you been involved in any discussions about how you know recruitment 
might change for Loudoun United. It will, I mean, DC is still going to have a stake, but I mean, is there going to be some control wrestled away, you know, for presumably again, Ruber Mill, we don't know everything yet, but a, a presumable MLS next pro uh, team ha- has, have there been any discussions, I guess, regarding sort of the future of Loudoun and, and really the lower, the sort of uh, B or second teams uh, that a lot of these MLS clubs have. I think as a club, the, the strategy is to sort of feel out this this MLS next uh, league mm-hmm. because I think you don't want to jump in head first, right? Um, unless you have the resources, mm-hmm. you don't want to jump in head first because I think you know if you jump in head first, you don't really quite know how it looks. You're not quite sure how it's going to work within your organization. So um, yeah, I think I think we're just being patient on that one um, and just seeing how that plays out. Um, in, in terms of Loudon, I think that's again. I think that's probably a question for for higher up. My understanding is that they're still they're still uh, a part of a part of our group, a part of our club, and um, you know we still have that that communication and that that sort of synergy, if you will, between the two. Um, so yeah, I mean we'll see what happens in the next uh, next few weeks. But but as far as I'm concerned, you know Loudon is is still a big part of our process. Um, uh, you know we still have. Have players and, and and Ryan Martin is still a part of developing players for for DC United. Um, I don't I don't anticipate that changing, regardless of what happens um, in terms of ownership group or, or you know stakes or, or whatever. I think you know there'll still be a a pathway. Yeah, Ryan is Ryan is born the the the, the bruises and scars of, of <laughs> developing players at the at the expense of winning so i think he's he's certainly got he's got a long leash i think for any ownership group like this guy <laughs> this guy has been in the trenches job. like yeah he does a fantastic job with what he's got he does a fantastic job with the young players mentally and physically um because he doesn't just teach them the the game he teaches them to be to be human beings as well and and we're talking about kids that we bring over from from all different parts of the world that are coming to america and seeing the, the big lights and, and not really quite knowing how to how to react, I think Ryan and his group do a fantastic job uh, of that. So, um, yeah, he, he really uh, he really does a great job, and I think we'll continue to see that. We've got. I want. I want to thank you again for all the time you give us on, uh, on the show twice. Now, I wanted to get some reader questions out though, as before we before we wrap up. We talked, this is from Angus. We talked about uh, Ravel last time uh, when, when we were talking about sort of like, you know, my first impression was like, this is a lot of back passes. Uh, I don't know where he, like, I don't know. And it was, and I think the response where we sort of landed was like, he's not in the position that he should be in because we had a lot of injuries. He got here late. He, he didn't come with a full preseason, a whole bunch of things. Obviously, I know you follow this stuff just as well as I do because I know we're both on Twitter and we're on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> local reporting has him in the door and out the door and in the door in the course of 48 hours, which is maybe the quickest turnaround I've seen on that yet. So clearly he got some more uh, accurate information after the fact. Where where do you see him in 2023? Is it is it for him, do you think, to, to really co- contribute to the team? Is it a matter of... And, you know, he had his moments last year. Is it a matter of a full preseason? Is it a matter of injuries not occurring at different points of the field so he's in a, in a natural spot? I, I think I think he's a divisive player. So I, I just really want to get sort of your, 
not not your read on where he's going and when, but just sort of like your, your read on his twenty twenty three season, how you'd like to see it go. Yeah, I think I could probably group him in with with all our signings last year in terms of Rodriguez, Paulson, um, maybe not Funtas, <laughs> but um, you know, I think I can group them all in in saying that they need a little bit of uh, of time to to develop, and and they came into a pretty pretty dire situation in terms of where we were in the league, confidence. Um, the 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 build of the team in terms of who was injured um, and and really the coaching staff the the inconsistencies there it was a rough year last year um, and to bring players into that new players new fresh blood into that it's very difficult for them to make a difference instantly and and to be the player that you're expecting them and wanting them to be now do we anticipate you know bits and pieces happening throughout the season that that you, you know you can't you can't manage or, or sorry not manage but you can't foresee um, yeah that those things happen but I, I think the group we brought in last year and last summer we didn't expect them to hit the ground running because of what we were bringing them into it's a very difficult environment to bring them into with with the confidence that we we had last year and and the instability around coaching staff and things like that so Again, I think we look forward again to the 2023. And I think when, when you talk about Ravel, when you talk about Rodriguez, when you talk about uh, Paulson, we didn't see the best of them last year. We know that. But I think, to allude to your point, a full preseason, they've had six months or, or four months, or even a Christian Benteke, by the way, who didn't hit the ground running um, and, is, and is better than what he showed us. But we know that and, and it will come to fruition. And, and we truly believe that. Um, I think there's a there's a pinch period, and again, a full preseason under a coach who who has a real um, clear view of how he wants to play. He's going to implement that throughout the preseason with his group, and um, I think it will help every single player, including Rebel. Ted, I think are you muted? I'm trying to type on my. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to type. I'm trying to prevent my keyboard from your elite. Your elite gaming computer, <laughs> click clacking. I'm going to need to get a new keyboard. Um, we got a question coming in from uh, from Rossington, uh, who I think is bringing uh, bringing a little bit of, uh, I guess the the receipts from. I guess there was a season ticket holder Q and A from August, um, where he's asking. Uh, he wants. I think he wants to know uh, who was the in his prime. DP that you were referring to um, as someone who was 27 or 28 who would have sell on value. And I think he's saying, well, we then brought in Benteke uh, who was 31 um, and not going to have that sell on value. So I think he's kind of asking where, who was the player that maybe you were referring to? If you can, if you, if you can answer that. And yeah. understanding that the universe has likely changed <laughs> 9,000 times since August, 2022. Exactly. Yeah. Look at a lot of things change and, and uh, look, the, the player was Ennis Bardi. Um, and again, we're all on Twitter. We all probably saw the rumors. Mm -hmm. um, that was a player we wanted. That was a player we went after heavily. Um, we were all but but um, done. And, and he took a U-turn um, and went for a lucrative deal to Turkey. So again, these are things that you can't mm -hmm. necessarily uh, plan for. Um, it's, a, it's a hit we took. Uh, and again, Maybe for the best, who knows, right? I mean, it's it's one of them where if you bring him into the environment that we had last year, um, you know, maybe people go, oh, you know, this DP isn't 
isn't nowhere near good enough. Um, and again, it's because they're perhaps coming into a difficult situation. Or maybe he comes in, lights it up with taxi, and and you know we make a real a real push. But you know, again, the this is what happened last summer. We've had to change and and move and and direct ourselves in a different way and and roll with the punches. And again, he was he was one we were disappointed to miss out on and lose because again, a lot of a lot of teams within the MLS wanted him. Um, but uh, you know, he's. I actually watched him today uh, in Turkey. He, he played today, so it's funny that somebody should bring that up. <laughs> um, all right, I, I think we got one more question from Kim Kolb. I don't know how, how much you pay attention. We, we've sort of dropped off this debate a little bit, but John and I have a debate as to the proper way to eat the pupusas you get at Audi Field. He he dumps, and that matters here, right? <laughs> this is this is a DC United. Community question that matters. To he, he dumps the hot sauce uh, onto the pupusas. I am anti hot sauce because, and I, I have I have several El Salvadorians uh, who have backed me up on this. That is not the proper way to eat a pupusa. So we wanted to, the world wants to know what side are you falling on? Do you put the the hot sauce on the pupusas or do you eat it uh, eat it sans? And you can say I haven't eaten it as well too. If you, <laughs> we'll, we'll, and if that's the case, we'll fix that. We'll, we'll make sure to we'll fix catch that. You some I'm going to hold my hands up here and say I haven't. I don't think oh. I've, I've had a, a a real pupusa. Sean, <laughs> all right, 2023 is the year. We're, we're, you're, you you live close now. We're gonna we're gonna go to a game and uh, we can we can try with and without. Here's my argument. My last time I'll make it. They have it on the stand. If it wasn't on the stand, they didn't. They wouldn't want you to use it. That's the last thing. Yeah, I'm listen, I, I've I've been to many different countries and tried many different cuisines, right? And I always say. Give it to me how the locals have exactly. It. Yeah, that's how that's Ted, Ted wins on that on that count. Listen, unfortunately, don't get me wrong. That's uh, that's that's you know bit me in the butt. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> literally, I'm sure too. Literally, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's that's my philosophy on that one. I, I'll take it as the locals uh, serve it. All right, we're gonna fix that this year, Sean. That's that's this is this is a I, New I, Year's I, resolution, I look Sean. Thank you so much again for taking the time. We really wanted to get an idea about where this team sits for 2023. I know a lot of the fans that have been watching all these moves come in, and I'm sure they will appreciate your, uh, you know, your obvious expertise about these players. And uh, they will uh, find we will have a new player announcement before this podcast comes out, and then they will look back and say, "If only, <laughs> if only we had known earlier it was coming." But anyway, That's uh, awesome. we That's we, awesome. we want to thank you for always making time for this for this show. No, thank you guys. I appreciate it, and. Um... Hopefully the the fans and you guys are excited for the, for the new year. Um, you know it wasn't a great great finish, so hopefully we can we can move it on a, in a fresh fresh way, in a fresh start, fresh team, um, fresh outlook, and and you know really really give it a go this year. Consider, like you said, Ted, we're all tied for first. <laughs> we're all tied for first. And considering the U.S. drama we've had, I cannot wait for some actual games to talk about. Let me tell you that it's, for it's, sure. It's a tough opener. It's a tough opener, but uh, one we're excited about. Yes. Sean, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, thank you also so much for listening. Again, check us out, rfcrefugees.com, uh, where you can find merch. I believe you still do we still, it's a sale done on the scarves, John. It's 2023, so they, they are, are done. done, but you can buy other stuff that's not on sale anytime. <laughs> exactly. We recommend that exactly. as well. Patreon.com slash RFQRefugees. If you're listening to, this to, to our regular feed and you're wondering, and your friends who are DC fans have been talking about this great interview we just had with Sean, uh, that is because they are on our Patreon page. So Patreon.com slash RFQRefugees. Early access to shows. We're trying to be uh, better, always be better about that in 2023. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. We will catch you guys down the road. Vamos. 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 Thank you.